It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. We welcome our Bloomberg Radio listeners and TV audience worldwide. Airbnb is unveiling new features and AI-powered tools for its app in a push to increase reliability. As part of the new features, listings rated above 4.9 stars with less than 1% cancellations from hosts will get a new guest favorite label. Two million out of the more than seven million homes on the Airbnb platform qualify for that label. Let's bring in Airbnb CEO Brian Chesky and our very own Emily Chang. Take it away, Em. Thank you, Ed, and thank you, Brian, as always, for joining us. Look, we can count on you now to sort of up the ante with these new product features a couple of times a year. And as a guest, I'm excited about guest favorites. But at the end of the day, it's about driving new business. How many new additional bookings do you think these new features can unlock? I mean, I think this is going to be a really big growth driver for us, Emily. And the reason why is the number one reason people like Airbnb is because the homes are unique. Every home is different. The biggest problem with Airbnb, and the number one reason people book hotels, is you know what you're going to get. And we asked, what if we can combine the best of both? What if you can have the uniqueness of Airbnb with the reliability you expect from a hotel? And that's what guest favorites are. But it's not our word. It's our guest word. Because we took 370 million reviews and millions of customer service contacts, and we created this collection of 2 million homes. I think this is going to bring a whole new audience to Airbnb. There was a lot of focus on your outlook last week when you reported results. You talked about macroeconomic trends. You said there's volatility. You said bookings could moderate and that you're already seeing signs from that in this quarter. Can you tell us a little more about this volatility? Where is it coming from? How dramatic is it? And how big is the impact going to be? Well, mostly what we were doing is we were just a few weeks into the quarter and we were seeing a lot of geopolitical uncertainty, so we just wanted to be cautious. At the same time, we feel like our business is extremely resilient. We've done $4.2 billion in free cash flow this year, trailing 12 months. That is a 44% free cash flow margin. Our revenue grew at 18% year over year. So we're feeling really good at this very moment. We just wanted to exercise a little bit of caution um, just given what was happening in the world. So you've said Airbnb is now ready to expand beyond its core. Can you give us a tease? Where is that next level of growth and monetization going to come from? I think it's a few areas. I mean, let me first say, I think we've only scratched the surface of how big our core business of booking homes around the world could be. 
Next is international. You know, we're in 220 countries and regions around the world, one of the most global internet companies. And yet a lot of our business is still concentrated in the United States and a few other English-speaking countries. So whether it's Germany, Korea, Japan, Brazil, or many other countries, these are huge markets that we can grow. And that's going to create a huge amount of growth. And by the way, if there's ever a company that would be able to expand internationally, it would be a global travel network. And then beyond that, I think Airbnb can do much more than offer homes for people to book on a nightly basis. And and I hope to be back on your show soon to be able to tell you about some of those things. Uh, to our Bloomberg radio and TV audience worldwide, we are speaking to Airbnb CEO Brian Chesky. And mentioned it at the beginning, these kind of regular annual updates. And I know you yourself are actually pretty hands-on product-wise. Um, but it's all done internally. And, and I think about the investments that you've had to make to, to do the, the AI integration to this latest tool. Where are you spending? Is it just purely on talent? Where am I stage? spending my time or our money? Or both? Time and money. Time is money. <laughs> I'm spending most of my time on the product. What I've spent most of my time in the last two years, and let me back up, travel is one of the most aspirational things in the world, right? If you ask people, the all, all the money in the world would you do, they say they travel. And yet the way a lot of travel companies are run, they're run by just looking at the financials and look at the metrics. And we do that, but there's something deeper. You have to create an amazing experience for guests and hosts. And so what I've done is I've been listening over the last couple of years, and we made 350 major features and upgrades based on what the communities told us. We said that yesterday was a turning point, that when we could have a major answer for reliability, the number one reason people book hotels. Now we have permission to do new things because people don't want new things from you unless they love the thing you do. I think people are going to love guest favorites. And I think you're going to be, we're going to be ready for us to see new things, and that's what I'm spending my time on. My time is spent on innovation and what's next for Airbnb. And perhaps sometimes having to go and talk to regulators. And I think of some of the reasons people are buying hotels in New York is because there's less Airbnb supply. Yes. You call it basically a de facto ban here yes. in New York. How is that going? What are you doing to try and push back? Well, it means it, the way it's going is that hotels are now up 8% year over year from a cost perspective. If you have me on here next year, I'm going to make a prediction. Hotels will be more expensive. Uh, I'm not sure if housing will be down. So New York, I think, is turning into at least a cautionary tale. I'm disappointed of how it could go. But you know what? Other cities have chosen a different approach. We're 100,000 cities. In our top 200 markets, 80% of them have sensible regulation on the books. So we found a sensible solution. And whether it's London or Paris, Paris. In Paris, half a million people are going to stay in Airbnbs for the Olympics. So I want cities to know that we want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem, and we're willing to compromise and come to the table and find ways to make the cities work, and I think a lot of other cities have found that path. Brian, you know, obviously what's going on in New York has been pretty dramatic. You know, people are calling this the Airbnb apocalypse, and there are a lot of concerns that other cities could follow on, even if they do have smart regulation. Now, I'm sort of curious, on top of that, what are the travel trends that you're seeing post-pandemic? Are people wanting to say, uh, you know, I'm tired, I just want a staycation? And, you know, what changes are you seeing in travel trends for the folks who are going out? So two things. Just on the first part of the question, we do not think New York is a trend. We think New York's late to the party, not early. I mean, again, we've worked with uh, cities around the world. We now collect $9 billion of hotel tax, and I think that cities are not looking for to New York. Uh, on the travel trends, it's really interesting, Emily. Before the pandemic, 80% of our business was people either crossing a border or going to a city. The pandemic, that was shut off. So what were people doing? They were getting a car, and they were staying in big homes, larger homes, 
with their friends, their family, typically in less urban areas. So what's happening now? What's interesting is the old Airbnb is back, the old ways of traveling are back, but the new ways of traveling are here to stay. And there's two reasons why. Number one, even though some people are going back to the office more often, there's a lot of flexibility. You can now do more work from an extended weekend. I'll make a prediction. Next week for Thanksgiving, or the week after for Thanksgiving, a lot of people aren't taking three or five day weeks, they're taking seven day weeks. They're gonna work remotely Monday or Tuesday. So they're gonna start taking those longer trips. So it's actually a very resilient business, and I think that more people are gonna travel because it's what was taken away from the pandemic, and I think it's how they want to spend time with people. I want that seven day week, Brian. Uh, last quick question, we've only got 30 seconds left. Affordability, you're bringing down cleaning fees. Prices have come down a bit, but do they need to come down more? And can you do that without alienating hosts? Yeah, I think our secret sauce is finding this magic balance to make sure that on the one hand, the offering is affordable for guests. On the other hand, hosts are still making great money putting on Airbnb. We don't price anything. So what we're doing is we're just trying to provide transparency and tools and guidelines. Here's the good news. In the United States, prices are 3% down on Airbnb year over year. Yet host earnings are at record highs, while hotels are up 10%. So the trend line's going in the right place, and I think hopefully a year from now, our prices won't be going up nearly as fast as hotels, and if that happens, it means Airbnb's a better value every year than the year before. Hmm. Something's deflationary. Airbnb CEO Brian Chesky, we thank you so much for your time. Bloomberg's Emily Chang as well. We love having you on. Thank you. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.